Section 7E. Punitive Actions. Military Law. A Separate Judicial System. Effective leadership is the most desirable means of maintaining standards. Military law provides commanders the tools, including court-martial and non-judicial punishment, to deal with criminal conduct. The purpose of military law is to promote justice, to assist in maintaining good order and discipline in the armed forces, to promote efficiency and effectiveness in the military establishment, and to thereby strengthen the national security of the U.S. The U.S. Constitution The U.S. Constitution is the primary source of our military law. The framers of the U.S. Constitution gave Congress the authority to make rules for the military and Congress and the President have used their combined authority to create the military justice system currently in place, figure 7.1. The U.S. Constitution designates the President as Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces and vests the power to carry out the responsibilities of this position. Congress has the power to raise an army and navy, control the military budget, and make rules for the government of the Army and Navy. This separation of power is an important element of our military justice system. UCMJ and the Manual for Court Martial UCMJ. In 1950, Congress enacted the UCMJ, and President Harry S. Truman signed it into law. The UCMJ became effective 31 May 1951. The Manual for Court Martial in 1951, President Truman created the Manual for Court-Martial by executive order. The Manual for Court-Martial sets out rules for evidence, procedure, maximum punishments, and provides standardized forms. The Manual for Court-Martial is intended to provide military law guidance to commanders and judge advocates and is revised annually. Furthermore, the Manual contains a wide range of materials, including the U.S. Constitution, the UCMJ, including text and discussion of the punitive articles, as well as sample specifications, rules for court-martial, and military rules of evidence. Legal Rights Members of the armed forces retain virtually all the legal rights they held as civilians before entering the military, including protection against involuntary self-incrimination and the right to counsel. Self-incrimination Involuntary self-incrimination the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution states that no person shall be compelled to be a witness against him or herself. Article 31, UCMJ, and Military Rules of Evidence 304 reflect this right and prohibit involuntary statements from being used against an accused. A statement is involuntary when obtained in violation of the Fifth Amendment, Article 31, or through the use of coercion, unlawful influence, or unlawful inducement. The UCMJ requires that prior to interrogation or any requests for a statement from a person suspected of an offense, the person must be first told of the nature of the accusation, advised that he or she does not have to make any statement regarding the offense, and that any statement he or she makes may be used as evidence against him or her in a trial by court-martial. Prior to interrogation, the suspect is entitled to consult with counsel and to have such counsel present at the interrogation. If counsel is requested, questioning must cease until counsel is present. Statements Once properly advised of his or her rights, a person may waive these rights and choose to make a statement. Assuming this waiver is made freely, knowingly, and intelligently, any subsequent statement can be used as evidence in a court-martial or other judicial or administrative proceedings. Right to Counsel the UCMJ provides an accused the right to be represented by a military attorney before summary, 
Special, and General Court-Martial, Article 32, Preliminary Hearings, and in the Article 15 process, free of charge. The Area Defense Council program provides Air Force members independent legal representation. Airmen suspected of an offense or facing adverse administrative actions receive confidential legal advice from an experienced judge advocate general outside the local chain of command, avoiding conflicts of interest or command influence. The Area Defense Council program, established in 1974, made the Air Force the first service to create a totally independent defense function. Area Defense Council are assigned to the Air Force Judiciary, which falls under the Air Force Legal Operations Agency at Joint Base Andrews Naval Air Facility, Washington. Although located at most major bases, the Area Defense Council works for a separate chain of command and reports only to senior defense attorneys. The Area Defense Council does not report to anyone at base level, including the wing commander and the base staff judge advocate. This separate chain of command ensures undivided loyalty to the client. Area Defense Council work to protect the client's individual interests and ensure the independent and zealous representation of a client facing military justice action or other adverse actions, thereby promoting discipline and strengthening confidence in justice. Most Area Defense Council are selected from the local base legal office, but to ensure further independence, they are not rotated back to the base legal office when their Area Defense Council assignments are completed. Before selection as an Area Defense Council, a judge advocate will be carefully screened for the proper level of judgment, advocacy skills, and courtroom experience. Additionally, other experienced trial advocates, senior defense counsel, travel to assist in the defense of particularly complex court-martial. Area Defense Council are supported by defense paralegals who are enlisted personnel. Military Jurisdiction in Action Apprehension and Pretrial Restraint Apprehension Apprehension is the act of taking a person into custody and the equivalent of a civilian arrest. Military law enforcement officers, military criminal investigators, and persons on guard or performing police duties are authorized to apprehend persons subject to UCMJ jurisdiction and arrest and temporarily detain persons subject to the Military Extraterritorial Jurisdiction Act when there is probable cause that an offense has been committed and that the person committed it. Although all commissioned, warrant, petty, and non-commissioned officers on regular Air Force may apprehend persons subject to UCMJ jurisdiction, Absent exigent circumstances, the apprehension of civilians should be done by law enforcement personnel. An apprehension is made by clearly notifying the person orally or in writing that he or she is in custody. The simple statement, you are under apprehension, is usually sufficient to provide notice. During apprehension, such force and means as are reasonably necessary under the circumstances to effect the apprehension are authorized. NCOs not otherwise performing law enforcement duties may apprehend commissioned or warrant officers only on specific orders from a commissioned officer or when such apprehension prevents disgrace to the service or to prevent the commission of a serious offense or escape of someone who has committed a serious offense. The immediate commander of an apprehended person should be promptly notified. Pretrial restraint. Pretrial restraint is moral or physical restraint on a person's liberty that is imposed before and during the disposition of offenses. Pretrial restraint may include conditions on liberty, restrictions, arrest, or confinement. 
Only an officer's commander can order pretrial restraint of an officer. This authority cannot be delegated. Any commissioned officer may order pretrial restraint of any enlisted person. An enlisted person's commander may also delegate such restraint authority to an NCO. Conditions on Liberty Conditions on liberty are imposed directing a person to do or refrain from doing specified acts. Examples include orders to report periodically to a specified official, orders to stay away from a certain place, such as the scene of the alleged offense, and orders not to associate with specified persons, such as the alleged victim or potential witnesses. However, conditions on liberty must not hinder pretrial preparation. Restrictions in lieu of arrest Restriction imposes restraint on a person to remain within specified limits, but is less severe than arrest. The geographic limits are usually broader. For example, restriction to the limits of the installation, and the offender will perform full military duties unless otherwise directed. Arrest. In the armed forces, the term arrest means the limiting of a person's liberty. Arrest is not imposed as punishment for an offense. The notification of arrest directs a person to remain within specified limits. Arrest is a moral restraint. No physical restraint is exercised to prevent a person from breaking arrest. A person in arrest is not expected to perform full military duties. Confinement Confinement is physical restraint, such as imprisonment in a confinement facility. Individuals are put in pretrial confinement only when lesser forms of pretrial restraint are inadequate. When a person is ordered into confinement, they have the right to retain civilian counsel at their own expense or to request military counsel be assigned at no expense to the accused. They also have the right to a prompt review of their status. Use of pretrial restraint. Pretrial restraint may only be ordered if there is a reasonable belief that the person committed an offense triable by court-martial and the circumstances require restraint. Factors to consider in ordering pretrial restraint include whether one can foresee that the person will not appear at trial or will engage in serious criminal misconduct while awaiting court-martial. Pretrial restraint should not be more rigorous than the circumstances require. Search and Seizure The Fourth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution protects against unreasonable searches and seizures. The authorization to search must be based on probable cause and particularly describe the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Probable cause to search exists when there is a reasonable belief that the person, property, or evidence sought is located in the place or on the person to be searched. Authorization to search is the military equivalent of a civilian search warrant. A search authorization is an express permission, written or oral, issued by a competent military authority to search a person or an area for specified property or evidence or to search for a specific person and to seize such property, evidence, or person. Commanders, as well as military judges, installation commanders, and magistrates are authorized to direct inspections of persons and property under your command and to authorize probable cause searches and seizures over anyone subject to military law or at any place on the installation. However, a commander who authorizes a search or seizure must be neutral and detached from the case and facts. Therefore, the command functions of gathering facts and maintaining overall military discipline must remain separate from the legal decision to grant search authorization. 
The installation commander has discretion to appoint in writing up to two military magistrates who may also authorize search and seizure, including apprehension requests. Each magistrate must receive training provided by the staff judge advocate on search and seizure issues. Inspections An inspection is of a person, property, or premises for the primary purpose of determining and ensuring the security, military fitness, or good order and discipline of a unit, organization, or installation. Commanders may conduct inspections of their units. Inspections are not searches. The distinction between a search and an inspection is that an inspection is not conducted for the primary purpose of obtaining evidence for use in a trial or other disciplinary proceedings and does not focus on a particular suspect or individual. Contraband seized during an inspection, for example, vehicle entry checks and random drug testing, is admissible in court. Non-Judicial Punishment, Article 15 Non-Judicial Punishment is authorized under Article 15, UCMJ, often referred to as an Article 15. Non-Judicial Punishment provides commanders with an essential and prompt means of maintaining good order and discipline without the stigma of a court-martial conviction. An Article 15 may be imposed for minor offenses. Any Air Force member can be punished by Article 15. Commanders are encouraged to take non-punitive disciplinary actions, such as counseling and administrative reprimand, before resorting to Article 15. However, such measures are not required before an Article 15 can be offered. An Article 15 should not be offered unless the commander is prepared to proceed with court-martial charges because an Article 15 cannot be imposed upon a member who demands trial by court-martial. Minor Offense Whether an offense is minor depends on several factors and is a matter left to the imposing commander's discretion. Besides the nature of the offense, the commander should also consider the offender's age, grade, duty assignments, record, experience, and the maximum sentence imposable for the offense if tried by a general court-martial. Ordinarily, a minor offense is an offense in which the maximum sentence imposable would not include a dishonorable discharge or confinement for more than one year if tried by a general court-martial. Punishments under Article 15 The type and permissible extent of punishment are limited by both the imposing commander's grade and the offender's grade as reflected in Table 7.2. Punishments may include reduction in grade, forfeiture of pay, restrictions, extra duties, and or correctional custody. Procedures While no specific standard of proof is applicable to non-judicial punishment proceedings, commanders should recognize that a member is entitled to demand trial by court-martial where proof beyond a reasonable doubt by competent evidence is required for conviction. Commanders should consider whether such proof is available before initiating action under Article 15. If not, non-judicial punishment is usually not warranted. Commanders must confer with the staff judge advocate or a designee before initiating non-judicial punishment proceedings and before imposing punishment. The staff judge advocate advises and helps the commander evaluate the facts and determine what offense was committed. However, the commander makes the decision to impose punishment and the degree of punishment imposed. The military justice section of the base legal office prepares the Air Force IMT-3070 Record of Non-Judicial Punishment Proceedings. After the commander determines that non-judicial punishment is appropriate, 
the staff judge advocate prepares an Air Force Form 3070A, Record of Non-Judicial Punishment Proceedings, AB through SSGT. Air Force Form 307B, Record of Non-Judicial Punishment Proceedings, TSGT through CMSGT. Or Air Force Form 3070C, Record of Non-Judicial Punishment Proceedings, Officer. The commander notifies the member that he or she is considering punishment under Article 15 by signing the Air Force Form 3070ABC and providing it to the member. The Air Force Form 3070ABC includes a statement of the alleged offense, the member's rights, and the maximum punishment allowable. After receiving the Air Force Form 3070ABC, the member has a right to examine all statements and evidence available to the commander. In practice, the member or the Area Defense Council is provided copies of the evidence used to support the alleged offenses. Once offered non-judicial punishment, a member must first decide whether to accept. The member has three duty days, 72 hours, to make the decision. Before making the decision, the member may consult with Area Defense Council. A member's decision to accept the Article 15 is not an admission of guilt, but is a choice of forum. The member may present matters orally, in writing, or both, and may present witnesses. The member is not required to present any matters or make any statement and has the right to remain silent under Article 31b UCMJ. After carefully considering all matters submitted by the member and consulting with the staff judge advocate, the commander will indicate one of the following decisions and annotate the Air Force Form 3070ABC accordingly. The member did not commit the offenses alleged or non-judicial punishment is not appropriate and the proceedings are terminated. In light of matters in extenuation and mitigation, non-judicial punishment is not appropriate and the proceedings are terminated. The member committed one or more of the offenses alleged. The commander must line out and initial any offenses he or she determines were not committed. The member committed one or more lesser included offenses rather than the offenses listed. If the commander finds the member committed an offense, he or she will determine the appropriate punishment and serve it on the member, notifying the member of the right to appeal. Members are entitled to appeal non-judicial punishment to the next superior authority in the commander's chain of command. The member may appeal when he or she considers the punishment to be unjust or disproportionate to the offense. A member may assert the punishment was unjust because the offense was not committed. Thus, the guilty finding the punishment, or both may be appealed. The member has five calendar days to submit a written appeal. An oral statement is not acceptable. Punishments are not stayed during the appeal process. However, if the commander and or appellate authority fail to take action on an appeal within five days after submission, and if the member so requests, any unexecuted punishment involving restraint or extra duties will be delayed until after appeal. The appellate authority may deny all relief, grant partial relief, or grant all relief requested by the member. The appellate authority's decision is final. Suspension, remission, mitigation, and set-aside actions. A commander has the power to suspend, remit, or mitigate punishment of an Article 15. Suspension. To suspend punishment is to postpone application of all or part for a specific probationary period with the understanding that the punishment will be automatically remitted, cancelled, at the end of this period if the member does not engage in further misconduct. The probationary period may not exceed six months. 
Suspension may occur when the commander imposes the punishment or within four months of executing the punishment. The Manual for Court Martial and Air Force Policy encourage the use of suspended sentences as a corrective tool for first-time offenders to provide both an observation period and an incentive for good behavior. Remission Remission is an action whereby any portion of the unexecuted punishment is cancelled, normally used as a reward for good behavior or when determined the punishment imposed was too severe for the particular offense. Mitigation Mitigation is a reduction in either the quantity or quality of a punishment. Commanders may, at any time, mitigate any part or amount of the unexecuted portion of the punishment by changing to a less severe form or reduce the quantity. For example, a reduction in grade can be mitigated to a forfeiture of pay. Set aside. Setting aside is an action whereby the punishment, whether executed or unexecuted, is set aside and any property, privilege, or rights affected by the portion of the punishment set aside are restored. Commanders use this action only when they believe that under all the circumstances of the case, the punishment has resulted in clear injustice. Types of court-martial Summary court-martial A summary court-martial tries minor offenses. Instead of a military judge, an regular Air Force commissioned officer is appointed as the summary court-martial officer. The accused may have assistance from the Area Defense Council. The summary court-martial considers the evidence, including witness testimony, and then makes a finding. If the finding is guilty, the summary court-martial considers any additional evidence before deciding an appropriate sentence. Only enlisted service members may be tried by summary court-martial and only if they consent to being tried in that forum. Sentences are limited as set out in Table 7.3, Line 1, Column F. Special Court-Martial Any service member may be tried by a special court-martial. A special court-martial is the intermediate-level court in the military system. The special court-martial usually consists of a military judge and a panel, similar to a civilian jury, of three or more members. Enlisted accused may request at least one-third of the panel consist of enlisted members. The accused may request trial by military judge alone. The proceedings include a trial counsel prosecutor, defense counsel, the accused, and a court reporter to record the proceedings. A sentence in a special court-martial may include any punishment authorized by the Uniform Code of Military Justice except death, dishonorable discharge, dismissal in the case of an officer, or confinement in excess of one year. General Court-Martial A general court-martial tries the most serious offenses. Cases cannot be referred for trial by general court-martial without a preliminary hearing under Article 32, Uniform of Military Justice. The general court-martial is composed of a military judge and at least a five-member panel and may include at least one-third enlisted members, if so requested by an enlisted accused. The accused may request trial by a military judge alone, except in a capital case when a sentence of death may be adjudged. The maximum authorized punishment this court-martial may impose is the maximum allowable under the UCMJ for the offenses charged. For some offenses, the maximum allowable sentence may include death. Court-martial procedures Trial When a case is referred to trial, the convening authority, generally the wing or numbered Air Force commander, selects the court-martial panel. Panel members must be senior in grade to the accused and be the best qualified. 
Throughout the court-martial process, commanders and convening authorities are expressly forbidden to exercise any improper influence on the action of the court. Findings and Sentence The verdict of a court-martial is called the findings. An accused cannot be found guilty unless guilt is proved beyond a reasonable doubt. A finding of guilty does not require a unanimous agreement, but requires at least two-thirds of the members to vote for a finding of guilty. Voting is by secret written ballot. In the event of a not-guilty verdict, acquittal, the trial ends. If there is a finding of guilty, a pre-sentencing procedure follows immediately to help the court determine an appropriate sentence. A sentence of death requires a unanimous vote by a panel of 12 members, while a sentence of confinement in excess of 10 years requires the concurrence of three-fourths of panel members. Post-trial When the court reporter completes the record of trial, the military judge ensures the record accurately reflects the proceedings. Before the convening authority approves, disapproves, or reduces all or part of the findings and sentence, the complete record must be submitted to the staff judge advocate for review. When applicable, the staff judge advocate will provide the convening authority a clear and concise written recommendation. The accused and any victim named in a charge of which the accused was convicted may provide matters for the convening authority's consideration in making his or her clemency decision. Initial Review of Trial Records The convening authority must act on every case. Pursuant to Article 60, UCMJ, the convening authority has limited authority to disapprove the findings or sentence. Appellate Review The Judge Advocate General Following the court-martial, the record of the trial is reviewed for legal sufficiency. The records of trial in each general court-martial is not otherwise reviewed under Article 66 of the UCMJ, shall be examined in the office of the Judge Advocate General if there is a finding of guilty and the accused does not waive or withdraw his or her right to appellate review under Article 61. The U.S. Air Force Court of Criminal Appeals The Air Force Court of Criminal Appeals is the first level of formal appellate review. The court may approve, disapprove, or modify the convening authority's findings and sentence. The court reviews records of trial that include a death sentence, dismissal of a commissioned officer, a punitive discharge, or confinement of one year or more. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces The United States Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces is composed of five civilian judges appointed by the President and his highest appellate court in the military justice system. The court reviews all cases in which the death sentence was imposed and cases previously reviewed by the Air Force Court of Criminal Appeals forwarded on the Judge Advocate General's order. The accused may also petition to have his or her case reviewed. The U.S. Supreme Court Decisions of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces may be reviewed by the U.S. Supreme Court. NCO Military Justice Responsibilities The military justice system is one tool used to correct breaches of discipline. NCOs have a general responsibility to be familiar with the UCMJ and correct marginal or substandard behavior or duty performance of their subordinates. NCOs must support their commander in the application of the military justice system for maintaining order and discipline, become involved when breaches of discipline occur in their presence, and report all such violations to the proper authorities. Be prepared to investigate incidents when ordered to do so. This means that NCOs should be familiar with both the right against self-incrimination 
and resources available to assist in conducting the investigation and should not hesitate to seek advice before acting. Be familiar with the rules in the UCMJ for apprehending, arresting, and confining violators of the UCMJ. Be prepared to generally counsel airmen on their legal rights under the UCMJ and refer them to proper legal authorities for guidance. Provide leadership and counseling to obtain the maximum positive behavior change in the member receiving Article 15 punishment.